are now tuned in to the Girl Behind the Hustle podcast, the podcast created to encourage, celebrate, and share real stories from the women behind the hustle. I am your host, Lucretia Thomas. Today on the podcast, we're going behind the hustle of consultant, writer, speaker, and creator, Christine Michelle Carter. If you are not familiar with this powerhouse, let me introduce her to you. Christine is a writer and thought leader for marketing to young moms and black consumers. She's been called the exec inspiring millennial moms and mom on the move and the voice of millennial moms. She's been featured in the New York Times, Women's Health, and Ebony. Christine regularly contributes to Forbes, Time, and Entrepreneur, and has also had the pleasure of interviewing some of your favorite moms, including Tamara Mori, Christine Cavallari, and Lala Anthony. She's also the creator of Mompreneur and Me, the only national inclusive parent and child-friendly networking event. Mompreneur and Me aims to provide like-minded working mothers with opportunities for sponsorship, networking, and work-life balance. Let's get into it. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, LC. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, so I originally came across Christine. I originally came across you. I believe it was from Instagram. Um, I don't know if it was like a repost of one of your articles, but I went to the article and it immediately, you're like one of those writers. You grab my attention, <laughs> edge snatching, like all of your writing. So it's entertaining, but it's also to the point and just straightforward and, and so informative. Thank uh, you. I'm so Thank happy we were able to have you on the show today. So tell the listeners just a little bit about what do you do? Tell us a little bit about your hustles. Sure. So I am a global marketing strategist by day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also write for Forbes, Time, Entrepreneur, a few other publications about Black millennials, millennial moms, and millennials in the workplace. Um, and then by night, my biggest hustle is being <laughs> a mother to a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, Maya and West. Awesome. So what's a, what's a typical day look like for you? What's the first thing you do in the morning? The first thing I do in the morning is I'm greeted by my son, West, who um, I'm trying to turn my children into morning people. So he'll come in someday. <laughs> That's the struggle. Comes, That's the gag. Sometimes he comes in the room. Other times I'm the one that's trying to wake him out of a slumber, but he usually comes in and gives me a good morning, mommy. And we cuddle for about 10 minutes and then it's off to getting lunches done and getting kids ready, brushing teeth, washing faces, you know, always running out the door just on time. Um, And then it's off to work, um, to work on global strategy. And then usually in the evenings writing and working with the kids, on their homework, um, I'm lucky to have my aunt help me out with pickup, but also help out with homework too. So um, I'm just kind of just going over what parents need to see versus too much into homework. I highly mm-hmm. recommend. Uh, I, I would say that that's the only way I'm able to get everything done is through support. Um, and then off to bed, I am extremely boring, so I'm usually in the, <laughs> I'm usually sleeping because I have such a crazy day by nine o'clock. Yeah. So I would say with everything that you're doing, I hate to use the word balance because I don't I don't even know if there's such a thing if it even exists. I call it the wave with the ups and downs. But how do you kind of deal with everything that you're doing? How do you balance everything? Yeah, I call it the justice scales because there is no balance. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm definitely for some days heavier on the side of working. 
because I might be under a deadline. I might be traveling for work and I'm not really spending a lot of time with my children. That's why I have a strong support system. And other days I'm all about my children and you can't reach me on the phone. You can't get me through email. I'm vacationing with my children. So I think that that's the, the idea of balance is that it's not a daily um, activity. It's more so it will fluctuate as your life goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree with that. It's like sometimes you are able to put more energy and time into one thing and other times you just got to switch it up and see what's working for that particular, you know, time period in your life. Absolutely. So would you say that your writing is more so your what you're most passionate about? My writing is absolutely what I'm most passionate about. I feel like my writing, I, I'm always trying to tell the story of me. Um, in my demographic. So I, I feel like with marketers, you have you should have a inherent understanding of the topic that you are trying to market or trying to sell or trying to debunk myths about or just educate the public about. So marketing black millennials and millennials in the workplace and millennial moms is it's natural for me because it's me. Um, mm-hmm. I do feel like there's another layer layer of it um, from a societal perspective because I'm passionate about seeing black people represented in a positive light. I know that there's a lot of pressures that moms have on an everyday basis. So I'm, I'm very passionate about telling their stories, their hopes, their fears, their challenges, their wins. And I'm very passionate about somebody making, um, listening to those stories that I'm writing for these large publications and and making a positive impact on those demographics as a result of what I wrote. So that's that's why my writing is so important to me. What roadblocks have you hit? I feel like the focus has just begun mm-hmm. um, with different publications to kind of focus more so on the millennium, Black millennials especially. Mm-hmm. So what roadblocks did you face trying to get those stories written or, mm-hmm. you know, to even put it at the forefront, like this is important? I think it's the same roadblock since the beginning of time. Nobody wants to read about what black people are doing. Nobody wants to hear about what a mom's doing. Nobody thinks that moms are um, just as strong, if not stronger professionals in the workplace than people without children. So I've always had to come from a place of research and insights and data. Uh, Whenever I pitch a publication or whenever I write an article, it is grounded in data. So you can Mm -hmm. say that black millennials don't necessarily read this or purchase that or believe in this or believe in that. I'm supporting that with data so that you see there's no reason why you should not A, have this article in your publication or B, why it took so long for you to put it in there. Um, so I think that that's the the major thing that separates my writing from other folks. And that's how I get over some of those roadblocks because I do hear that constantly. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have pieces in Time and in Harper's Bazaar. And my piece, my most recent piece for Harper's Bazaar was about how black girls don't feel beautiful when compared to white women. And Mm -hmm. we know that Harper's Bazaar tends to have a majority white reader, but the fact that that piece went viral for them, it shows the importance of covering all different types of beauty. Yes, very true. Knowing what you know now, would you have done things a little bit differently when you were first starting out? I probably would have wrote more 
That's the only mm. thing that I wish I would have done. I started writing because I had a retail marketing firm 11 years ago and I needed to build publicity for the firm so that I could get more clients. Um, so writing was kind of a secondary thing for me and I really should have made it the primary. Um, I, I don't want to sound arrogant or overly confident, but I am a better writer um, mm-hmm. than, than a, a lot of things that I do and I should have just stuck with that. How do you celebrate your wins? I like when that and I no? need to, and I've mm. been told that I absolutely need to, um, because I've had a few, and and by the grace of God, I've had them right, but I don't celebrate them, and I and I absolutely should. Yeah, I figure out some type of little moment, special moments, to kind of solidify it. I feel like a lot of times with hustlers, what we do is we go from one project to the next project and never pause to really take a breath and take everything in that's right have you ever had like a particular project or moment that you were able to kind of just pause and you realize like I'm here I'm doing this like was there a certain project that gave you that moment that you realized like this is what I wanted to do and I I did it I have had that moment and it came months afterwards and it usually I believe I've had that moment and um, the time that I'm thinking of it was because of the impact that it gave to my father so when I was in the New York Times it took months with fact checking and uh, having a photographer in my home to actually have that piece come to fruition and it wasn't until my dad had it laminated and framed mm. <laughs> that I was like wow parents will do that the New York Times yeah and I had a large picture in the New York Times and I had a full article so I think that and it wasn't because I wrote it it was because somebody wrote about me and it was because mm. somebody liked my writing so it was just kind of like the culmination of all of those things that I finally was like okay you did something good. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like parents, you know, they'll let you know they would, <laughs> when they start father, telling their friends. Yeah, my father <laughs> always lets me know. Always, yeah. He calls, um, he calls his computer the Google machine. He's oh, five years old, <laughs> but damned if he doesn't get Google alerts on me. So I really appreciate that. I always appreciate his support. What's your go-to when you need some sort of inspiration? Oh, Instagram, because I write about a lot of the folks that I follow. Mm -hmm. So I like to see what the general societal conversations are. And that lets me know that something is trending, something is impacting my generation or my race or uh, my my, um, gender. And then I will then try and find data to support what they're going through and I'll write about it. Um, for the past articles that you've written about people, mm-hmm. is there um, a particular woman that you admire or look up to that you've either written about or maybe would love to write about? Oh man. I mean, I have really been lucky to have written about so many incredible women. Um, I probably would Gosh, um, I would say that my most recent one about Neosha Gardner, who owns Creator Stock. I have been a fan of Creator Stock for years now, actually. Um, I use it. She owns a stock photography company specifically for women of color. 
Mm-hmm. And when I started writing for Forbes years ago, I always struggled to find stock photography that featured diverse professionals. And that was my beef. So I really, really would get pissed off every time I had to write a piece that didn't have a person in it because I mm-hmm. refused to put in stock photography that you could find anywhere with a bunch of white professionals smiling. Um, or I had to sc- uh, scour the internet for photos. I mean, there were some photos where I had to use personal photos because I couldn't find any um, stock photography that featured folks of color. And then I stumbled upon creator stock and um, it was their beta platform that they were using at the time. But I became such a, a fan of the fact that she was offering it for content creators and not a lot of people knew about it. So I said to her, uh, once you feel like you've got the site down, please let me know because I would love to do an article on you um, and on the fact that you you could really steal some market share from Getty Images. And you know, yes, that's, definitely. that's a huge company. Um, so again, I was just a fan of her, just inherently. She was a black woman. She was a mom. I really wanted to feature her. I'm always about trying to elevate somebody's story to a national audience that folks really don't pay attention to. Um, combine that with data. And I did all of that. And her article, I did it four days ago. Um, and it's doing really, really well uh, on Forbes.com. It's doing really well because not a lot of folks see a lot of diverse photography. Yeah, definitely. That is a true struggle when you're trying to find images. I definitely have experienced that multiple times with trying to find diverse images. Right. It's hard. It is. And I've had to use pictures of my friends or, you know, personal photos because it's very hard. It is unnecessarily hard. It is unnecessarily hard for black, black people and Latino people to make up such a large part of the population. It should not Mm -hmm. be hard to find stock photography. Very true. I'm very excited for that project. What do you fear? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Um, The only thing I really fear is my children's health being compromised. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't fear not working. I don't, I don't fear not having money because I have a great support system and a great family that, and, and I was um, well-educated. My parents made sure I was so that that'll never be the case. And I'm a natural born hustler. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that I cannot control is, you know, my children's health and then what happens with them in the world. And that's probably the greatest fear of all mothers. Do you feel like um, when, once you had your children, do you feel like the way you hustled, did it change? It, it, it didn't, it put things into perspective. So I, when I started my business, I wasn't a mom and I started it in the middle of a recession. So there is no greater hustle than having to try and get money from folks when they don't have money themselves. Like nothing makes you work harder, Uh, especially when you take the leap of faith and take on entrepreneurship. Um, But when I became a mom, I just realized that some of the things that I thought were important or things that I would internalize, I need not worry about. It it just, in the grand scheme of my life, I wouldn't remember those things six months from then, much less 60 years. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. but what was really important to me was my children and spending time with my children and and impacting the world in such a way that um, it really caused change, not just 
not just the work that I did on a day-to-day basis. What would you tell someone who is younger and they're looking to get into writing? What would be like the best advice that you can get them for starting out? Mm -hmm. I would say never turn down an opportunity to write because you really don't know who's reading your writing and you don't know who could be a fan of your writing and refer you to another publication, a larger publication to write. I am always floored at Uh, whenever I try to pitch a new publication and they tell me they've read my writing or they've seen Mm -hmm. it or they read an article about me and I can't even think of the six degrees of separation that they would even have access to something that I wrote or was featured in but I am I have always took that to heart I I never turned down an opportunity awesome that's great advice for sure what are you currently working on Oh, man. <laughs> um, I know, right? It's like, no. inhale, let me make the mental list and go down. Yeah, I get right, it. <laughs> right, right. No, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I'm always uh, writing at least two pieces a month. I love, mm-hmm. again, I feature so many moms, so many moms. So I have to write about one mom a month um, at the minimum for Exo Nicole. And I love doing that. I, I, I cannot tell you how much I love writing about moms and hearing this. It's just so inspirational. Um, and then I love featuring diverse professionals. So I will, for Forbes, write about one of them once a month. It's just so inspiring. I'm so inspired and encouraged by the folks that I write about. So that's always on my plate. Um, and then I have Mompreneur in Me, which is my national um, networking event for mothers, which is great because it's free for moms. Companies sponsor it. Um, And they can bring their children. I found that moms, because of guilt, really don't want to leave their children. They all but they also don't have the opportunities to sponsor and network like their um, millennial counterparts who don't have children. But moms are actually statistically better performers in the workplace than folks without children. Um, So I try to hold those events across the nation. So we have those um, coming up pretty soon. Um, we're looking at doing six this year um, in, in the United States. I was open to other countries if other countries are, are willing to have us. But um, I'm just really excited about that because that's another opportunity for moms to just get together, foster um, connections, try um, and network. But they also get to spend time with their kids, which is really awesome. That's amazing. I can't wait to hear more about that when that when those launch. What cities are you going to be in? Have you set those up yet? Yeah, so through social media, we've had Heart for Houston, Heart for Virginia, Miami, New York. Of course, D.C., Baltimore will probably be combined. Um, somewhere in Kentucky, we're getting a lot of Heart for, which, mm. which is pretty unique. And then, nice. and then on mm-hmm. Mexico. We got to get you to Chicago. We would love that oh, here, too. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Cannot forget the Windy City. <laughs> This part of um, the podcast is called The Real Deal Moment and just takes a look at a couple of things that inspire you, things that you do for self-care. So just a couple of questions. So how do you define self-care? I define it as anything that recharges you and brings you back to the person that you were before you became a mother. And I think that's pretty critical to say um, for the moms out there. Because what we tend to do is get so focused on our children and our children's needs that we forget about who we are as a person and the beliefs and the behaviors and the qualities that made us the woman that we are. So I feel like self-care for me is the things that makes me forget about my children, quite honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Do you have a self-care routine that you do? I do. Or your go-tos? I, I do. I do. Um, I, every month I try to either get my nails done, get my hair done, go to my, see my therapist, or I will go to the spa. And um, I have the spa coming up, and I'm very excited about that. You have no freaking idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That That's the best. Yeah. Those days. Those are definitely the best days with the spa. Yes. You never lied. Are you an introvert or extrovert? Introvert through and through. Quote, a verse, or a mantra that keeps you encouraged? I found myself this morning. I have a lot. um, But I found myself saying to my daughter this morning, because she is dramatic. She gets it honestly, but she's dramatic. (laughs) And she woke up and she was like, this day already, I'm having a bad day. And I was like, well, guess what? You opened your eyes. And a lot of people didn't. So I had to explain to her exactly what that means. And of course, because she's dramatic, she followed it with, well, now I'm thinking about death, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) Because she she will give it to you no matter what. You know, (laughs) she was born to be a thespian. But um, that's probably my biggest is that no matter what, I try to remember how if something bad goes in my day, exactly how much time of my day was this? It was probably mm-hmm. five minutes of a 24 hour day. And there are people, you know, God bless them, who didn't get to wake up to have that five minutes of a 24 hour day. What's a, a tool or an app or something that helps you manage your life or work that you couldn't live without? Google. Everything Google. that Google <laughs> offers. Google Calendar, the Google Notes, Google Drive, the full Gmail. I don't know what I would do without Google. Me too. Me you know, too. I'm I, right I, there I with just, you. I, 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 Google Keep. Exactly. Yeah, that I, I whole have, situation. I have no idea how entrepreneurs uh, and content creators lived and existed. How strong without. they must have been <laughs> without, without Google. Yes. I look at them like, Everything I use is through Google. How did I function before Google? Right. And then Jeff Bezos, I'm about to Amazon Prime raising my children. Just like send somebody. Like I'm just about to order it. Just send somebody to raise my kids with me. Right. Do everything through Amazon Prime. Yep. Very true. Yeah. Fill in the blank. My name is, and one truth about the hustle is. My name is Christine, and one truth about the hustle is it cannot be done alone it is Mm -hmm. done through a community through a tribe there is no successful hustler who didn't have a team or network of advisors helping them to reach their greatest potential yes I love that that is so true so true I know I definitely could not do anything without my community and tribe like all so necessary for that support yeah Well, thank you so much, Christine. Please let our listeners know how they can connect with you. Sure. You guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at C-M-I-C-H-E-L-C-A-R-T-E-R. I'm on Facebook. My page is Christine Michelle Carter. Um, And then you can also find my articles through ChristineMichelleCarter.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. It was so great. I'm so glad we got to connect on us. I'm so happy. Thank you, Elsie. My top takeaway from my conversation with Christine was the importance of support. 
When she said the truth about the hustle is it cannot be done alone. There is no successful hustler who didn't have a team or network of advisors helping them to reach their greatest potential. So my feedback for you this week would be to take some time to reflect on who's on your team, your support team, your prayer team, your encouragement team, your mentor team. Is everyone in the right position? Thank you guys so much for listening this week. Please rate, subscribe, and share the podcast. And I would love to hear from you and what you thought about this episode. You can connect with Girl Behind the Hustle on Instagram or Facebook at Girl Behind the Hustle or by email at heygirl at girlbehindthehustle.com. Subscribe to become a part of our community and keep up with our happenings on our website at www.girlbehindthehustle.com. Until next week, hustle and grace.